So here's the deal. Let me just remind everybody kind of what we're doing here at Big Valley Grace. On Wednesday, we have a Bible study, and last Wednesday, it was on the names of God. We started a series, and the first one is, was uh, Jehovah Shalom, okay? And then on Sundays, we're going to continue on. So Jehovah Shalom started on Wednesday, and Joel's going to finish the message today. And when you think about the names of God, you have to remember that God gave himself all these names that we find throughout Scripture and he gave himself those names, not for his sake, okay? He gave himself those names for our sake so that we would know something about him, some truths about him. And we started out with this first name of Jehovah Shalom, because obviously it's super, you know, important, especially in, in you know, where we're at. And I just want everybody to take their Bibles real quick and turn to John chapter 16. It's going to come up on the Jumbotron. And Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace, right? Jesus wants you to have peace. And Joel's got an incredible message where, wow, you're, you're, going, to, you're going to sense God's peace in your life. I guarantee it. But then Jesus makes this crazy promise. It's the weirdest promise in all of the Bible. He says, in this world you will have troubles. Jesus says, hey, look, the standard equipment of life is troubles. Everybody has them. Everybody experiences them. Nobody escapes troubles. And right now, we've all got some troubles, right? Right now, we've all kind of been kidney punched with this coronavirus thing. And right now is this great moment where we have to understand that in the midst of troubles, trials, bummers, there's peace. So I'm going to pray for Joel, and then I guarantee you, God's going to bless you. Father, thanks, Lord, for this moment. Thank you, Lord, for the Word of God, because without it, we got nothing to talk about. Joel's got nothing to speak about. So use my brother, use the Word, and I pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Well, again, welcome Big Valley Grace Church family. Maybe usually you come to the series campus. Maybe usually you come to the Modesto campus. Well, together, we're all uh, worshiping together in the online campus this weekend. I'm really glad that you're here with us. I'm glad that we're here together. And even though we can't be in the same room at the same time, we can worship Jesus Christ at the same time. And we can get into God's word at the same time. And we're in this series about the names of God. And like Pastor Rick said, it's really for our benefit that God has given us to let us know about his names. It's for us. It's for our benefit and, and our remembering. And today we're looking at the fact that one of the names of God is the Lord is peace. And just as we get started here, I want you to think about something. I want you to consider something. What, is, what, what are things that rob you of your peace? What are moments or situations or circumstances or maybe even people <laughs> that they, they steal your peace? Where, where you recognize, wow, I, I, the peace is, has left my life right now. Well, just three weeks ago, I experienced a moment like this. My wife and I and, and one of our Children, we were up in Rancho Cordova, and we were getting a, a medical diagnosis uh, for our, our child. And when we were leaving uh, Rancho Cordova to come back to Modesto, I, I saw, you know, somewhere along the road home, we're going to need to stop and get gas. But my wife and I, we were uh, preoccupied with the news about this diagnosis for our child, and we just were talking and talking and talking the whole way, and I completely forgot 
that we needed gas until we were in Stockton and I looked up at the dash controls and it said zero miles till empty. And in that moment, I just, I panicked immediately. I started flipping out and I'm scanning, looking for an off ramp, looking for a gas station. And I see one, I pull off and you know, we were kind of coasting around four corners to get to this gas station. And we pull into this gas station and, and we, I go to go get gas, and it's one of those fleet gas stations where you have to have a special card and access code, and man, I lost it in that moment. A huge argument broke out in the car, which means I was yelling and my wife was being super nice. I don't know how she does that, where she stays super nice and I lose control. So we are now, you know, trying to get, you know, about another mile and a half. I don't know how the car has not ran out of gas at this point. The hybrid engine's doing all the work. I don't know. But we pull into a gas station that's like a gas station I can buy gas from. And when we pull up next to the pump, I remember in that moment, I just, I was so relieved that we had made it to the gas station. My, I had so much fear that we were going to be stuck, you know, out of gas with my wife and child on the freeway in Stockton. It was interesting how, just like that, I had lost my peace. And I don't know what those situations are for you, but we want to talk about a kind of peace that it doesn't go away because we're out of gas. Or it doesn't go away because there's a circumstance that went, that went wrong or went sideways. Because the Lord is peace and he has a gift for us. We're going to look at Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. And really what we're talking about today is six ways, six ways to know true peace. Six ways to get to know true peace. Because that's what we want. We don't want fake peace. We don't want false peace. We want to get to know true peace. And in Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, this is what Paul says to the believers there. He says, now may the Lord of peace himself... Give you peace at all times, in every way. The Lord be with you all. It's really a blessing. It's a blessing of peace. And we're going to take phrase by phrase, we're going to unpack this one verse and to see what God might have for us that he would want to bless us with, to bless us with his peace today. And so way number one that we're going to look at is that true peace is a blessing and we, we learn about this from the first two words of the verse. And in chapter 3, verse 16, it says, now may. Now that word now, that, that word now, that's a pivot point. It's a hinge in the passage where it's saying, hey, I've taught you all these things as he's writing to the church there in, in this letter, the second Thessalonians letter. He's teaching them about important doctrine. He's teaching them about how they should behave and how they should operate. He said, he said I've taught you all these things. Now I pivot and then we see this word may. And this word may, it is expressing that Paul has great desire for them. He has desire for them. He has dreams for them. He has hopes for them. And he wants to bless them with what he is about to say. And, and you know, it's understanding this idea of blessing. It, it, blessing is a common practice throughout the world. Um, having moments where people intentionally bless one another. I mean, let, let's think about some. Let's think about when a child is born. And there's a, a blessing of peace over that child. There's a blessing that the parents would get peaceful nights. Think about uh, maybe some coming of age moments when a child becomes a teenager or, or gets their license or turns 18 or maybe when they graduate. 
and there's this blessing of peace, that peace would go with them, that peace would guide them, that peace would help them navigate life. Or, or what about at a wedding? When there's peace for a, a bride and a groom to come together, that there would be peace in their relationship, that there would be peace in their home, and there's this blessing of peace. Or maybe when someone passes and dies, and at a funeral, someone might express a blessing of peace. And we even have this phrase that we use, rest in peace. There's all these moments that the world understands there's a need for peace. But we want to make a distinction. We want to make a distinction between the kind of peace that the world offers and the kind of peace that Jesus offers that the scriptures teach about. I know that in my own life, there are moments when people, uh, when I've been having a hard time, you know, there's something that's going on and people have, have called me or they've, they've brought me aside and they've prayed peace over my life, that I would have God's peace, that the peace of Jesus Christ would fill my heart and my mind. And I, I know how that feels to receive that blessing of peace. I, I can think of many times when I have been praying for someone else and I have prayed that God's peace would fill them, that their heart and their mind, that their spirit would be encouraged, that they would be strengthened because God would give his peace to them. So this first thing, this first way is that true peace is a blessing. The second way that we want to look at is true peace is divine. And here is where things, you know, really... uh, the paths diverge from what kind of peace the world offers and what kind of peace God offers because the kind of peace that God offers is divine. In chapter three, verse 16, it says, now may, that's the blessing, now may the Lord of peace himself, this is where we find out that it's a divine blessing. And Jesus is the God of peace. In fact, the scripture talks about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit and attributes peace to all three of them in different ways. God the Father, he's, he's called the God of peace. God the Son, Jesus, is called the Lord of peace. And we can see that right here in this verse. And then we see that peace is attributed to the kind of fruit that is born from the Holy Spirit being in a person's life. And so we recognize that God, that Jesus is the source of peace and that he comes in a personal way. It says the Lord of peace himself. Jesus And his peace shows up to us personally. You know, there are are moments when things are happening that we don't understand. A a number of us are in situations like that regarding our health or regarding our work. We recognize that there's uh, layoffs that have already started to happen and and layoffs that are uh, real likely to come. And there are lots of things uh, that are happening that we, 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 maybe we don't get. We still don't understand it. And there are moments when, you know, getting information and getting explanation, it doesn't really comfort us. I remember when my grandfather passed, I had the information of why he had passed. I had an explanation of of why he had died, but the information and the explanation didn't comfort. I, I needed something beyond information and explanation. And to experience true peace, we don't simply need to know, I'll call it maybe the particulars of the problem, but we need to know by experience the person of peace. It says the Lord of peace himself. So when we speak of these six ways to get to know peace, 
We're not speaking of knowledge of the data, but we are speaking of this intimate experience of knowledge of the divine. So true peace is a blessing. True peace is divine. And way number three is that true peace gives grace. That true peace gives grace. We see this in the verse In verse 16, it says, now may, that's the blessing, the Lord of peace himself, that's divine, this blessing of divine, give you peace. And so in this moment, we recognize that this divine blessing is giving grace to us. You see, true peace, it comes with salvation, and salvation is a gift. It's not earned or deserved. And so we recognize that true peace comes into our life because of the grace of God. It's All the gifts that God gives are a work of his grace. And when we accept and have salvation, when we accept Christ by placing our faith in Jesus Christ and him alone for our salvation, true peace comes as a work of God's grace into our life. In fact, Paul, when he writes this letter to the Thessalonians, at the beginning of his letter, he addresses all the three subjects we've looked so far. The blessing and that it's divine and that it's grace and that it's all attached to peace. Listen to what he says in chapter one, verse two. He says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, many of the epistles start in this way. Grace and peace are coupled together as gifts works that God gives to us that we recognize they're from God the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. In fact, this is absolutely foundational that we would recognize that grace and peace are found alone in God and they're found nowhere else. And so God must be our foundation for us to experience grace and peace. Jesus identified himself as the giver of peace in John chapter 14, verse 27. He says this, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And so let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So God has peace, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they are unified together in perfect peace. And Jesus leaves his peace with us. Jesus gives his peace to us. And you may be saying, well, I don't feel peaceful. I don't feel like I have peace. Well, the reality is, is that peace can be yours right now, whether you feel it or not, because Jesus has made his peace available. He leaves his peace with you. He gives his peace with you. And so his peace right now can be ours. This kind of peace that Jesus gives, it's totally different than the kind of peace the world gives. In fact, on Wednesday night, Pastor Rick began to share all these products, you know, that were called peace of mind. You see, the world tries to sell peace. The world wants to sell you Peace by selling you products so that you can have peace or selling you services so that you can have peace. But the peace that Jesus gives, it's a work of grace that impacts our entire person and it is complete. What the world tries to do is they try to sell you peace that's gonna impact you from the outside in. But Jesus offers peace. It's a work of grace. He gives it graciously to us and it transforms us from the inside out and so our hearts no longer need to be troubled or afraid because of the grace that true peace 
gives to us. In fact, this peace that God gives, it operates beyond our comprehension to protect us. Listen to what Paul writes to the church in Philippi in chapter 4, verse 7. It says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts. It's going to guard your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, I can think of some moments where I experienced peace and it didn't make any sense in that moment how I was experiencing peace. One, one moment was about 17 years ago. My son was hospitalized for a week and he couldn't breathe on his own. His, his lungs and his oxygen intake, nothing was working right. And he was hospitalized in Turlock and I was late at night driving on the freeway back to Modesto And I remember on the freeway just crying out to God, God, why can't my son breathe? Why can't he breathe, God? And my my eyes just full of tears and just crying and driving on the freeway and calling out to God and then understanding that in that moment, God was manifesting his peace to me. That he gave me his peace. And peace came over my life, and I understood that the Lord was with me. I think about another moment two and a half years ago. My father was, was heading in to have brain surgery, and right before he was going to go have the surgery, my, my mother and my brother and myself were there around the bed in the hospital having a, a moment with my dad, and we just, we're just, Dad, are you... Are you okay right now? And he held out his hands open before him like we had seen him do so many times. And we knew without him saying a word, we knew exactly what he was communicating to us. And he was telling his family, I have released control. God is in control. And whatever the Lord decides to place in my hands, I'm going to be okay with. And whatever God decides to take out of my hands, I'm going to be okay with whatever the Lord allows in this moment. And his hands were just open. And in that moment, I understood that my father had the peace of God. There are things that we don't understand. There are moments when it doesn't make sense. But God's not operating out of that framework then he can give us peace that is beyond our comprehension. It surpasses our understanding. True peace is a blessing. True peace is divine. And true peace gives grace. And way number four here is that true peace is always available. It's always available. Available. And we look at verse 16 here again. It says, now may, that's the blessing, the Lord of peace himself, that's divine, give you peace that's giving grace at all times. It's always available. God's peace is available to you in the morning. His peace is available to you at noontime. His peace is available to you at night. God's peace is available to you when things are easy. God's peace is available to you when things are difficult. God's peace is available to you when you're at work. God's peace is available to you when you're at home. God's peace is available to you when you're at recreation. God's peace is available to you when you are at rest. And so we never have to wonder 
do I have access to true peace right now? I don't know if you've ever seen people walking around, they pull their phones out and they kind of do this thing, right? And they're, they're just holding their phone out and they're, what are they doing? They're searching for signal. They're searching for signal. They don't have strong signal and they're searching for signal. God doesn't treat us that way. His peace is available to us right now. It's always available and we have access to it right now. True peace is available to deal with our past. True peace is available to deal with whatever's going on right now in the present. And true peace will be available to deal with whatever comes in the future. Jesus says this in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, helper with a capital H, to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. And so Jesus, the Son of God, asked God the Father to give us God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit of God enters into the life of the believer as they place their faith in Jesus Christ. It's been described by many people on many occasions in this way. As I accepted Christ as my Savior, as I placed my faith in Jesus Christ for my salvation... An incredible burden was lifted off of my shoulders. A weight was lifted off of my shoulders. As I began to take steps, my steps were light because the burden was gone. People are expressing the transformation that occurs inside our spirit when the Holy Spirit of God comes into our life. And so the Holy Spirit of God is with us forever, which means The Holy Spirit of God will never leave us. And this Holy Spirit of God is revealing truth to us, the kind of truth that the world rejects because they don't see the Holy Spirit of God. They don't know the Holy Spirit of God. You see, lies, lies are a thing that rob us of our peace. But when Christ comes into our life, we recognize that the truth has set us free. And so we now have this amazing peace that comes only from God. And so we know that the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of God dwells in us and in us forever. And it's always available because God is always available with us. And so the scriptures talk about it in this way. The scriptures say, walk by the spirit, keep in step with the spirit that each and every moment of our lives, we would be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit of God in our life. And we would be obedient and submissive as the spirit leads us. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. He said, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm with you always to the end of the age. True peace is a blessing. True peace is divine. True peace gives grace. True peace is always available. In way number five, true peace is constant. True peace is Constant. In verse 16, it says this. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. At all times in every way. God, in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 12, communicates this to the people of Israel. He says, I will extend my peace to you like a river. 
I'll extend my peace to you like a river. I don't know if you've ever stood in a river, but when you stand in a river, you feel the constant pressure of the water coming against you. And God's saying, my peace is going to extend to you in that way. It will be constantly coming at you. A river, it finds every nook, it finds every crack, it flows, it saturates. And God's saying, my peace is like a river and it will saturate you. It's going to come at you. It's always available and it is constant. And my peace is going to keep coming in your direction. True peace doesn't change with our circumstances, no matter how bad our circumstances get. In fact, in every circumstance, the Lord of peace himself gives us peace at all times. And so our circumstances, they are going to change. But the Lord of peace is constant. This means that we can have true peace with God. Well, how does this happen? We see this in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 and 19. It says, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. When Paul writes to the church in the believers, in, in, in his letter to the Colossians in verse 20 out of chapter one, he says, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. You see, God made peace with us and the price of peace for us to have peace with God, the price of that peace is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what God was willing to pay to make peace with us. You can have true peace with God and you can also have true peace within. Colossians three fifteen says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. I remember when this verse first made sense to me 20 years ago as I sat in a worship gathering and heard the preacher preach this verse and he said, God's peace wants to operate in your life like an umpire. It's to rule in your hearts and that the, the peace of God would operate like an umpire and it would call safe. Or it would call out. And you need to listen to the peace of God as it works in your life so that you understand what decisions to make. And I remember as a young person in that moment being so thankful that I understood finally how to make decisions by being led by the peace of God. We can have true peace with God, we can have true peace within, and we can have true peace with others. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he, Jesus, himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. In the context of this passage, it's speaking about Jews and Gentiles. And it is also true that God has broken down the dividing wall of hostility between you and me and us and in one another that we would have peace in our relationships with each other. Wow. That we would have peace in our marriage that we'd have peace in those, with those that we work with. We'd have peace with our friends. We can have true peace with God. We can have true peace within. We can have true peace with others. 
And it requires us to do some things. It requires us to let go of control and to embrace humility before God. True peace is a blessing. True peace is divine. True peace gives grace. True peace is always available. True peace is constant. And way number six, and this might be just extremely obvious at this point, but I'm going to state it anyway, and that is true peace is Jesus. True peace is Jesus. Jesus is peace. We look at this verse again. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. This is the key, is that Jesus would be with us. The blessing that is divine, that is giving grace, that's always available and constant is the presence of Jesus. Jesus manifests his presence Jesus manifests his power and Jesus manifests his providence to us. And so in Jesus, we recognize that we have who we need, we have what we need, and we have it whenever we need it. In fact, Jesus says this in Acts chapter one, verse eight. He says, and you will receive power to be my witnesses. Jesus in his presence brings his power to us. Jesus is a blessing. Jesus is divine. Jesus gives grace. Jesus is always available. Jesus is constant. Jesus is true peace. There's an old saying that goes like this. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Let's look at it together. No Jesus, no peace. But no Jesus and no peace. My wife and I, as I close here, I want to share you a story about something that happened yesterday morning. My wife and I, we have a habit of sharing verses back and forth. And as we read the scripture, we'll, we'll take a picture of what we're reading or, or text it to it. And my wife is very, very faithful to do this as she spends time in the word of God to share with me what it is that she has read from the scriptures. And when she does that, it does a number of things. First of all, it lets me know my wife is spending time with Jesus. And that is a huge encouragement to me. Wow, my wife is spending time with Jesus and look what she read. Look, she's sharing it with me. But two, it lets me know my wife expects me to spend time with Jesus. And she's sharing it with me in accountability that we would both be spending time with Jesus. We would both be recognizing what God would have for us. Well, yesterday morning, as I came to my desk, my wife had already spent time with Jesus and she had written a note for me on my planner. And I want to share that note with you. And it's right here. This is out of my planner from yesterday morning. And she wrote at the top of it, Psalm 27, one, I love you so much. And I thought, wow, I better look up and see what Psalm 27, one says. And so I did. And this is what it says. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? And in this, receiving this note, I recognized my wife desired that passage for me, and she wanted to communicate to me, I love you so much, and I recognized that's exactly why that passage was written, because God wants to communicate that to me. He wants to say, the Lord is your light. I'm your salvation. You don't need to be afraid. I love you so much. I, the Lord, am the stronghold of your life, Joel. Joel, you don't need to be afraid. I love you so much. You see, this is God's love letter to us for us to receive his love, but for also 
for us to share his love. And God is saying, I love you so much. And he's saying it to us and he's saying it through us to every person we come in contact with. Let's pray together. Father God, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that as a church family, we could gather in an incredibly unique way. Lord, to honor you, to worship you, to get into the word of God. Lord, I I pray that right now that as a church family, we would be encouraged and we would be strengthened, Lord, that we'd be lifted up. And Father God, we want to honor you with our lives. So may we love you greatly and may we love others greatly. And so God, use your church family. Put us into action, put us into motion that we might be a blessing to those around us, that we might carry this incredible message of God, this message that says, I love you so much. So Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our true peace, and all God's family said, amen. Amen, amen. I told you, I told you that was gonna be awesome. Last night when I walked up here, when it was done, I, I, I kind of went in, I'm a hugger. And I went, whoa, you're not supposed to do that uh, now, but uh, hey, I have no doubt the Lord used that in, in your lives. I have no doubt about it. And I, I want everybody to take their Bibles or if you got a pencil or whatever, and, 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 and I want you just to kind of do that. Just put your Bible in your hand like that, okay? Now, now, now take your Bible, okay, and I want you to squeeze it as hard as you can. Just, come on, come on, I want you to do it. Just squeeze it, come on, squeeze it as hard as you can. Whew. You can't do that very long, can you? Your fingers start to hurt, your forearms start, start to hurt. It's just, it's just better and easier to live like this, right? What a, what a, what a, what a great illustration. So, hey, I want to remind you of a couple things, okay? N- number one, 6 p.m. on Wednesdays, just tune in, and Joel and I are going to continue with our, our Bible study. Oh, it's 7 p.m., okay? So tune in, 7 p.m. on Wednesdays, and we'll look forward to being with you. Also, uh, I post a daily update. I don't do it on Saturday and Sunday, because this is kind of the update on Saturday and Sunday, but... Every day I post something. I want you to go there. It's only about a minute or two long. And, uh, and so make sure you're doing that. And then don't forget that next uh, Saturday at 6, Sunday at 10, okay, we're going to do one broadcast at 10 o'clock next week. And um, remember, you need something, you just call. You need something, you email us, okay? We're here to be a blessing to you in any way. Lord, again, thank you for our time to be together. Thank you for Joel's message and the peace and comfort that I know it brought to many, including myself. And I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Blessings.